We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Big episode today. This is our spring football edition. Uh, we are here on Friday, uh, April 15th or 16th, uh, the day before the, the spring game. So uh, pretty psyched about that. Uh, we're looking forward to this. Um, it's, uh, I mean, we know it's a glorified practice, right. but it's, uh, it's still nonetheless, it's football and, uh, it's something that we at least can talk about then afterwards. So again, pretty stoked about that. So we will be getting into the just stuff about the spring game later. Um, but, uh, real quick, we just wanted to start off with a couple other things. Uh, we have Justin Fields coming up. We'll talk about him and then we'll get into Brian Hartline's press conference and then, uh, talk about the rosters. And for the spring game and then move into uh, just the things we kind of want to see for tomorrow and stuff. Um, just a reminder to everybody, um, we are starting a email newsletter. Um, it's BuckeyeBarTalk.substack.com. The newsletter is called The Battle Cry. Um, it's debut edition will be on Monday, uh, this coming Monday. So it'll be all about the spring game. And uh, so go to that uh, to the address put your email in and it's free. Uh, it'll be sent out once a week, most likely on Mondays. And it'll be just another cool way for us to, to interact with you guys. Uh, just uh, give some opinions and uh, kind of uh, long and writing form. Sure. Uh, stuff that we don't necessarily can always hit on and talking form. Uh, just adding a little bit, maybe more specifics to thoughts and stuff like that. So really something I'm looking forward to and uh, it'll be really fun to do. So uh, how you doing, John, today? Mike, I forgot what these evening ones were like. You and I, we've gotten this routine of doing Saturdays kind of like early, you know, midday, and uh, I'm a little beat today, so. Yeah. Tired, but I'm here. We're at the weekend. We got a spring game. Like you said, it's a glorified practice, but it's always something you and I have, and I think a lot of Buckeye fans have looked forward to, and it was just such a shame we didn't get one last year, so I think that just makes it like extra anticipation for this it's, game. It's always kind of fun. Then you, It's fun, and like, and everybody has their own hot takes in their own way. So it's like, what are you watching? What are you not watching? Who's behind? Who's sure, ahead? Yeah, I mean, sure. How many years? Have, I mean, I, I think back at different years and like, and just thinking of like guys that have just like balled out in the spring game and I'll be like, man, that guy's going to be for real. And then you just don't see him at all. And the come the season time, the one that hey. stood out and you saw him was Malik hooker to me. Yeah. That we both said that. And I'm just like, I, I remember watching him and I'm like, and like he he could be the real deal. Yeah, like having one-handed interceptions, and they ended up being the real deal. So yes, uh, he was. But yeah, so there's a, there's just a couple guys come to mind that like really like just are awesome, and then it's like you don't see them, and then there's other guys that you know. I mean, there's injuries. Everything comes to play with these. I mean, there's people that don't show up, but that and that are there playing in come fall time, and they look unbelievable. So yeah, it's always a good experience. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, but before we get into it, uh, I think we just wanted to hit up a couple things about Justin Fields. Uh, he had his second pro day this week uh, because uh, his first pro day wasn't even though he did great. Uh, you know, from all everything we watched and actually listened to a couple reading a couple of scouts online and stuff like that. He looked phenomenal. And yet here we are and having to do a second one. And he did well in this one. And you're still hearing some of those, you know, the same nonsense that we were hearing before, but just like, this is a thing. And I don't even remember. I don't know if he announced that he was doing a second pro day before that, like the hit piece, you know, came out that he doesn't, he has no effort. He doesn't try. I can't remember if he did or not. Maybe he didn't. Maybe that's why he did this. But you don't, especially when you do well in a pro day, there is no reason for you to go out there again. And yet he went out there again. So yeah. you, you can tell how serious this kid is about trying to get drafted highly. Yeah. And I don't blame him. I mean, I'd be really mad that you do. Yeah. Like you said you don't do a second pro day when you do well in the first one because, you know, you're only possibly hurting yourself. I mean, this is all positioning the draft i mean i know it's a little different nowadays because they actually are slotted where they're going to get paid and it all depends on what they pay the first pick but right where the slots i mean 
it's not back. I mean, you know, back when Peyton Manning was drafted and, you know, you're a couple years after that when, you know, like Tim Couch and stuff when, you know, just boatloads. I mean, these guys were making more money than, uh, you know, veterans in the league because uh, just that it, was, it, it was a screwed up system. That was just the name of the game. But so some of that has changed. But still, there is a I mean, like Charlie Cashley, he had up that, you know, he thinks he's going to fall to 24. And there's just no. First of all, I, I don't I think that's crazy because even if the craziest thing happens and Justin Fields is the fourth quarterback off the board. What's the, if the one, two and three are quarterbacks and other than they're Justin Fields, somebody's coming up to take Justin Fields because nobody's going to risk that, that, you know, that is a position that's like, yeah, I, he's, somebody has got to come take him well, because nobody's going to let him fall because th- right. like I, I, I hear you. And that's like, you know, and I think he he had on there that the Washington football team, they were going to trade up to take Trey Lance. But it was even like they took him like in that it's either like 13 or 14. He has yeah. that projected. I mean, what what about the Falcons? What about, you know, the Broncos? What what about these teams that we've all heard all along that yeah. they're they're going to look for their future at quarterback? now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's just. The Patriots, like when and Patriots are sitting at 15, if they don't move up, I, I hate the I, I just don't see them just letting him fall any further. I mean, I know, you know, Bill thinks maybe in his head that I could do another Tom Brady thing, but I have a feeling if he likes Justin Fields enough and uh, Josh likes Justin Fields enough and somehow he's sitting there at 15, they're going to take him. I mean, they all, I don't know. They all looked very impressed at the pro day. So he did well again. He had, I mean, we all, but we know this, like, and I saw some guys, you know, because the SEC Twitter people, they all like to run their mouths and not know anything what they're talking about and how Justin Fields doesn't have an arm. Like, Justin Fields throws the best deep bar, deep ball in yeah, America. He throws better than any one of the other ones. I, I mean, mean, I'm sorry, Mac Jones. What does Mac Jones do differently than Dwayne Haskins did? That Dwayne Haskins was like crucified for for him when yeah, he was going into the draft. Exactly. Mac doesn't have the best work ethic. He's he he's shown that he doesn't necessarily take the game serious at all times, uh-huh. and he doesn't do anything different than Dwayne. He hits short passes. He goes safe. He plays safe yeah. and he lets his players create off of that. Yeah, which is fine. And I mean, the guy he can work. The and, guy can make a deep throw. And we've we know, seen it. And we know, but, and we know Dwayne, Dwayne can make deep throws. I mean, that wasn't necessarily what he was always looking for. He was looking for get my completions. And then, uh, but, you know, Justin always looked down the field a lot more than him. And basically has the same completion rating. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's not much separation between him and Dwayne. I mean, you never would have thought that after just how accurate Dwayne was that Justin would come in and be just as accurate. Well, and you know, here we are. Dwayne, and Dwayne's yards were after the catch. Justin's were in the air. That's, I mean, that's the difference. That's yeah. And so it's just, it is crazy to me that some of these people, I mean, first of all, I mean, I've always said, I feel Trevor is the top pick in the draft, but Justin's always been number two. Now I, I don't want Justin to go to the jets because oh, I hell no, I hell no. no. I mean, to me, that's like, I mean, and no offense to anybody that might like the mean green that might be, I know Buckeye fans are everywhere. So, I mean, there could be somebody that is in the New York area that that's a dumpster fire organization, but like to me, they're even ran poorly than the Browns. I mean, the Browns have just maybe in recent history are started. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Jets. I mean, the Jets and you're in a huge market and they're ran like crap. I mean, that's like, I mean, you take a coin flip there. Who is the worst ran program in New York between them and the the Knicks? And I mean, I mean, I feel like it's almost like a coin toss who I would feel worse for whoever gets drafted by the Washington football team or whoever gets drafted by the the Jets. Yeah, because I mean, the Jets just have a history is a crappy organization, uh, just how they ran it. And then, yeah, the you know, Washington just has Dan Snyder, which is, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Haskins will do anything. I don't know if, and it sounds like maybe the Steelers are going to be looking for like a, a future there that he's might not even be their long-term replacement plans for Ben Roethlisberger, but I'm, I'm happy he's out of that. Yeah. And I mean, the Steelers <laughs> shit show and as you know, much as I like the hate on the Steelers, I mean, the Steelers are an actually well-ran organization. Oh, absolutely. And, so, they I mean, are. Yeah. You know, I mean, we don't like them because we're Browns fans, but yeah, they're I running mean, fine. I, mean, I there was a lot of years I wish the Browns ran like the Steelers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but getting back to Justin, even if the, the Steelers wanted Justin, 
they're going to have to, they can't just rest on that. He's going to be there at 24 because we've seen this in quarterbacks. I mean, once they start going, they go because there's other teams that want one and they get scared and they're like, well, I got to come up and get him. And, and I understand like Aaron Rodgers is such an anomaly in the NFL. I mean, you saw what the next year with Brady Quinn, but Brady, I think Brady had more questions about what he could be in the NFL. And I guess Justin's getting some of those too, but I just, I could not see Justin Fields falling into the twenties. I can't see him falling past 10. And You know, that's in the early to mid two thousand. So it's still a different football era. Oh, then. sure. Yeah. I mean, there's still running backs are still praised in the NFL by then. I mean, it's, I mean, I know guys like Zico early now, but in, you know, Saquon, but that just, that happened a lot more frequently then. You than, need a real special talent, though, to be a top five and, draft pick you know, as a running back. And even, you know, even receivers have kind of lost their luck. I mean, back like when we when you think about that area, I mean, there's guys like Braylon and those guys that are going in those top five picks and sure. top ten picks that you don't even see that that much anymore in receivers. Well, you don't got a lot of Calvin Johnsons yeah. anymore. But it's just there's so many of them because college football has just become such a passing league, you know, that there's, there's ton, why would I take a receiver at eight and pay him eight money when I could take a defensive end and right. That's, you know, much harder to come by. And, you know, I can go find a receiver that's at the same quality at, you know, my second round pick. So well, that, I mean, that's the guy that people have slipping in the draft right now, Devonte Smith. And, you know, you see all these like Alabama fans or even Ohio state fans that, he tortured in that national title game. And they're like, Oh, I can't understand how he's slipping. And that's a guy I'm like, he, he is probably an exceptional worker. I mean, the guy won the freaking Heisman trophy, yeah. but I like, I can see how he is slipping in the draft. Yeah. Justin Fields, who has all the freaking tools to go along yeah. with being an exceptional worker, how that guy has gone lower than two now because Zach Wilson's like the flavor of the month. He's the Mormon Mahomes is like crazy to me. Yeah. And of course, I mean, it, it's interesting to see if, you know, if there's some like, if, if is there some smoke out there and Justin's actually number two or number three as one of those teams trying to, I think he's going to, I mean, I think Zach Wilson's locked up with the jets. I think Justin, I do think Justin Fields will be a 49er though, or Which, someone's going to trade up. To I, and I would like him to go it, it, out of those teams. Like I think probably I think Urban taking Trevor is probably the smarter choice just yeah. because, you know, it's even though he might love Justin and he's been around Justin now a little longer just because, you know, Urban's been around the the football around Ohio State and, you know, and don't take anything like that as any insult that I mean, that's just kind of survivability for Urban. I think that if somehow if some if Trevor is a bust, I think, you know, I've said this before, I think. That that's a much safer bus. I think that Urban survives that. There's, there's nobody ahead of him that's second guessing that. Pick. I mean, you know that who were you going to take? Somebody else? You were going to take Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence? Right. No. So, but yeah, if, if the Jets take Zach Wilson, that's fine. I would love the 49ers. I think, you know, the 49ers taking, I mean, that would be the perfect offense for Justin because, you know, that is a running style offense that, that they use the running backs and those zone reads that what's great for a quarterback with a strong arm is then play action passes going down the field. And I think Shanahan would develop a perfect offense for him. I mean, it would be, I mean, I don't know if he, I mean, you can't say that that's, you know, Justin Fields is John Elway. He would have to do a lot to prove that he is at that level, but he's oh, got sure. the arm strength as John Elway. I mean, and probably his not, dad, I'm probably not the velocity, but, but his dad, but you know, Shanahan's dad grew up with that. And I just think that would be a smart pick for Shanahan. Be like, you know, that could be a John Elway esque. Oh, sure. Quarterback I mean, the athleticism, he could definitely throw a, an accurate deep ball. I don't know if he could throw a ball through like a brick wall, like John yeah. could do, but Justin's got some serious arm talent. Yeah, so I, I, I'm really interested to see what happens. I, I We'll get a little bit more into the draft after the spring game, uh, probably maybe starting not with the show right after the spring game, but the one following that, because I, I just I because that's coming up. I want to talk about it. This Justin Fields thing is kind of perplexing to me. I don't know why this is the, the flag. This is the mountain everybody's dying on is right. like, <laughs> like, I mean, I know maybe Zach Wilson, if I mean, nobody I get and I get it. Saying Mac Wilson and uh, 
or Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, saying one of them or say Mac Wilson's a linebacker yeah. for the Browns. One of those guys falling down. That's not a controversial take. Be like, I don't think so. Are those guys, the controversial take, the one that's bringing in people watching stuff. I mean, you know, in ESPN, they are into the entertainment business and it's about getting more fans. so than sports. And so it is about getting clicks and getting viewers and all this stuff. So, I mean, there could be some of that is dealing with this that like, Hey, let's take a hot take on to me. Who's still the second best quarterback. I mean, and that's not even like talking about the Mortensen taker report that Justin Fields, you know, playing baseball at Ohio state. Justin Fields doesn't play baseball. Yeah. I know. I know mostly you guys know that Justin Fields does not play baseball at Ohio state. He was a great baseball player in high school. He chose football. And how his throwing motion screwed up because, you know, he throws like he's playing baseball. And I'm just one, like, when did we ever hear anything about Justin Fields throwing motion in college? Like, yeah. I've never noticed that it was that awful. There's a lot of throwing motions I've had issues with over the years. I mean, Terrell Pryor <laughs> thinking about his throwing motion and stuff like that. <laughs> but even like, you know. Mahomes played baseball. I mean, what is his? Well, Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I mean, that their baseball careers made them better quarterbacks. Yeah. You know, Kyler Murray played baseball. I mean, what is, what is this? I've because never, John Elway played baseball. I've never heard of anybody being a baseball player that that would ever affect them as a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I've always like people always make it sound like that that improves them as quarterbacks. Well, I've always heard it improves their arm strength and well, arm strength and that they could throw from different angles. Yeah. Like no one's ever been like given a hard time about that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know that's, I mean, I, I do give more to pass because of his health issues. I don't know. Maybe he's not thinking clearly in his head anymore. But, and ESPN has been known to, you know, maybe some people that shouldn't, shouldn't be, be on, on a on camera the, anymore uh, that they still keep them on cameras. I Sunshine mean. scooter. Yeah. So uh, like, uh, I don't know. And I, I mean, I like more I've always, you know, more to me has always been a, a good, uh, you know, good draft day analyst, but I mean, he was way off on that one. Yeah, and so I, I don't know that, you know, where he where that was coming from so. baseless claims i don't yeah. um all right so we'll get it now well like i said we'll talk more about draft as uh we get past the spring game yes. but it's just we wanted to touch on this because it's just this craziness that just seems like it just won't die down and it's, just it's like, ongoing and i think it's pissing off a lot of ohio state fans because uh, like yeah. we've all seen how he plays like at first you're gonna like brush it off it's like oh these guys aren't watching and i was like these guys are like sabotaging his drafts yeah it's and it's, i mean it's bothering me i won't lie and, and granted we've seen this where i mean there and i mean this is the last point on it i mean we have seen where supposedly guys drafts are getting sabotaged and then they end up being drafted fine and right where they were supposed to be drafted and yeah. like i've always said before if mel kuyper and the todd mcshays and you know you know some of these other guys if they were so good at picking talent they would be making 10 million dollars a year picking talent for one of the they would be making more money than espn pays them which is still good money don't get me wrong mel kuyper makes good money for espn right he would make more money as a draft as as a gm for an nfl team if he was that good well what did did Najee harris say did todd mcshake could kiss his ass yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was awesome yeah i like Najee. all right so on to the buckeyes the current team um yes sir so Brian Hartline, he had a press conference yesterday, um, and so we'll, it wasn't a long press conference, but we'll get into that. Uh, and um, I mean, I love when Brian, you know, like I said, it wasn't long, but I love when he talks. He's just so direct, and you know, yeah. and like the, and it's so funny because you know they're all like the, they have some really good press conferences on this coaching staff, and we talked about it before, but they all have kind of different styles, right? And yeah. like Hartline's probably the most direct out of all of them, but it's great. And then LJ's different, but it's great. Larry's and, all wholesome. Yeah, and you Holmes know, is all energy. And you know, yeah, and they're all. It's just like, I mean, even you know, Al Washington's really good. I, I, I and I thought yeah. Barnes did a pretty good. I mean, it seems like Corey they're hiding, but you know, probably because they're a little nervous that you know he might say something. Ah, uh, yeah. He might tip his hand. That is the biggest. That's the biggest. That is the biggest battle. And, you know, they might be. I mean, he wouldn't. They wouldn't be the first head coach that keeps uh, a coach not up there, not putting a coach out there because, you know, that's the biggest battle of the spring. So. All right. So uh, basically, he started off. He was asked about uh, Jackson Smith, Najibba, and uh, he said he's the best blocker in the room, which is 
second year kid. I mean, it's phenomenal to hear that. And considering all the time he lost last year that, uh, you know, before the season started. Kind of surprising just with Olave coming back for another year. You know, Wilson's been there for a minute. And, you know, that was something that, of course, it stood out to me when he said it. Because, you know, that's I mean, that's been over. I mean, honestly, if you think back, that's been like a really thing that's been hit on since Trestle was. The oh, absolutely. Coach. And, you know, Urban even took that to the next level that you don't see the playing field unless, unless you know you can block. And, you know, and now days like completely living up to that, too. That yeah. that is the first responsibility of, you know, we're a, we're a running team first. And that is your responsibility is not only you block for your running backs, but you block for your buddies in the receiving core. Sure. And so and it's just the fact that they already said that about him because, and you know, it takes some time to really get that the blocking aspects of down. And we've seen where, you know, like I remember when, I mean, I know it's different running backs, but I remember when Zeke was talking about that, but with Weber that, you know, he needs to get better as a blocker. He, yeah. You know, that's, that's the first responsibility to be able to block. And, you know, that's always been the mindset there. So when he said that, that was like the first thing that really stood out to me being like, wow, I mean, because Alave and Wilson are both good blockers and that's not taking anything. I mean, they're great blockers and yeah. you know, that's not taking anything away from them. But the fact that he said it was uh, uh, just awesome. Um, he was asked about, you know, how is he like how they're moving them around with pairings and stuff like that. And he's, he basically said that, you know, that's kind of the most important thing is just finding, you know, be able to run him in several different pairings. And he's, showing up he's looking really good he had a, he started off really well he had a couple of days in there in the middle where you know maybe he started slacking off a little bit or you know just yeah you know spring but then he bounced right back out of it and uh i mean it sounds like from different things we've been reading from some of the insiders and now listen to Harline. and i mean he's right up there as having one of the best springs out of anybody oh so, sure yeah um really looking forward to him uh i think he could do a lot and uh so that really got me excited um he was honest about fleming uh so uh julian uh has been uh you know he's he ampered with an injury he had back in high school and it's kind of been you know nay i'm i think it was the shoulder wasn't yeah it? yeah because he said he wears the the linebacker yeah. And uh, so it's been a nagging injury for him. Um, he's had a couple surgeries and uh, still bothers him stuff. Um, he's been, you know, a little banged up for it. So he's still just he lost a lot of time last year. And, you know, Heartline, you know, basically said a lot of that was unfortunate because, I mean, he's a special kid. I mean, Brian, with the big comment he gave him, he said he's maybe size and speed wise. One of the best receivers. Never seen anything, anything like, like it, that. Yeah. I mean, that's. Brian Hartline's played around a lot of <laughs> players and for him to come say that, that, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Did he say it's like one of the toughest dudes he's ever yeah, seen? Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, and I've always, I mean, I, I always wondered like, like to me with him and we've brought this up before. It was always amazing to me that he was the number one recruit because I'm like he came from a wing T offense, and I mean, right. I know what that means. The receivers don't get the ball much. <laughs> like, no, you got. I mean, you got to be pretty special. That's like Calvin Johnson, you know, you know, deciding to go to Georgia Tech. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so that was uh, some good things to say. He studies, obviously, still dealing with injuries, but you know, he's looking good. Um, for the you know most part. Um, basically, uh. He was asked on kind of the experience, what you know, like what does Alave and you know Wilson bring with this the experience to the room, and he said there's experience everywhere, and basically what that means is that they're not going to have lower standards. they can't have lower standards than yeah. excellence. That the, the highest standard they need to have is the best, and you know, and again, he's the most direct talking out of all the coaches, and it's true. I mean, that's what as fan base, that's what we expect out of them. And you know, you know, you have one of the toughest fan bases to please, and you know, in the country, and you know, and you got a, you know, a, a fairly tough. I mean, media f in different parts of it. I mean, the good thing Ohio State media does do is, you know, some of them are holders. But when they lose, they all ask tough questions. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, and they're not shy to ask tough questions. So, uh, like, you know, yeah, the experience. And he said there's experience everywhere, though. We have experience on the line. We have experience in the tight ends. We have, you know, it's not just the receivers and it's everybody. And mm -hmm. there's that's those guys have to, you know, lead on. Um, <clears throat> 
And then the thing I loved, really loved what he said is when he said uh, he loves what's going on with the young quarterbacks right now, that he said that that means that they, the receivers, can't let them down. Oh, right. And, yeah. you know, it's uh, it demands more from the receiving court having a young thing. So he's like, you know, there's years where, you know, Justin kind of, there are times Justin did things that got us off the hook. Now it's our turn to go do things to get these guys off the hook. And, and he know. has a hell of a room to do it too. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and he just said they have to aim for excellence. And I, I loved when he says stuff like that because it's putting, you know, Brian Hartline, he's definitely, I, I have a feeling any receiver goes into his room and like, and he starts giving them a hard time and a, why did you miss that catch? Well, the quarterback threw it to the room. That doesn't, I don't think that flies. No, in no, Brian no. Hartline's room that, you know, no, you, you got to catch it. You got to catch it. And you, uh, you turned the wrong way. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, and I, I just think that's what his mindset is. And I, like I said, he's been around the game for so long. He, he understands the game. He understands that that stuff comes back on the receivers. You know, quarterbacks take a lot of the blame a lot more than I think a lot of people think that they do. But the you know to they, him the receivers you know it's your responsibilities then it's and when he said that it's our job it, it makes us demand more of ourselves then you know that the just the high standards he puts that them at quarterbacks do get a ton of the credit too oh they do and that's you know they take a lot of credit and take a lot of the blame so yeah I mean quarterback shoulder most of the criticism um and praise. And then so he uh, talked about Emeka and Marvin Harrison Jr. And I mean, they're not acting like freshmen. <laughs> it's like, and we've been hearing a lot I about mean, both they of them. They got their black stripes off. I mean, Marvin Harrison, I've heard nothing but amazing things from like week one about him. Just that, you know, in the workout room, he's great. And he was conducts always- himself as a professional. Emeka, you could tell when that kid came on campus that he's already been taking a workout seriously. Marvin Harrison was the one that I was, he was kind of like my wild card coming into the, one of my wild cards coming into the season because I knew a Mecca was going to get, find his way onto the field. I mean, Oh yeah. It's just the type of offense that they like to run that, you know, he's the number one uh, receiver in the country. I mean, you just know that he was going to make it on the field, but Marvin Harrison, I'd be like this dad. I mean, his dad is a pro. So, you sure. know, he knows things that none of these guys know because, you know, his dad was his dad was an all pro NFL receiver. So and he's bigger than his dad. So it's like now n- much bigger than his now dad. he is maybe even more of a true size as a like a big body wide receiver with, you know, and his dad's probably been teaching him all the the minute details of being a receiver, oh, sure. you know, all the little nuances and everything, and, you know, and obviously I think he's going to end up being a lot better than like what Brian Rubisky was. But I always said, and, you know, you knew Brian's dad was a rece- NFL receiver and, you know, played in the NFL coach in the NFL when Brian's first started Ohio state. Cause he just, he got a lot of things a lot quicker than yeah. you were used to. And I just think it's going to be the same with Marvin Harris. And now you got a guy that's maybe just completely a better athlete. And now he's all those things, all the fine details, I think is already built into him. So and that he's six, three, six, four. So I think this kid's going to could be really special. I think this kid could put fireworks up this year. And like, yeah. And just to hear with some of the stuff that Heartline said about him and uh, Emeka, just, you know, and, you know, he said a lot of it, they've been healthy. So they haven't missed any assignments because Mm -hmm. they've been out there. And, you know, but, you know, he said they're working hard. They're nothing's been seeming like that's been too much for them to handle. And I've I mean, I love seeing it. I mean, like I said, they they got such a deep receiving core and it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, how well they're able to, you know, take it to the next level and, you know, show up and uh, bring uh, good things to the program. And then kind of speaking on the depth of you know, see, he, he was asked his final question about uh, just the, if he thought they were going to do more about than 12 personnel that they ran a lot of 12 personnel last year. So two tight ends, are they going to run more receivers this year, be able to get more receivers in because of that? And he basically said the great thing that Coach Day does is he puts us in the right positions for our strengths on mm-hmm. offense. And so he said, we're going to be able to run a lot of different player personnel groups. And that's always been our, the the strengths of the team to be able to throw all kinds of different combinations at people. And 
honestly, I think that's the way you got to coach them because there's so many of them. There's only one football and you're not going to be able to get everybody the ball every time that they want. But by playing as many player personnel groups in and getting as many different guys in as possible, I mean, they're going to be so hard to defend because, and it's not even talking about running backs. I mean, their receivers and their tight ends. I mean, these guys are just phenomenal. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about all the receivers that they got, and then you add in Rucker that, I mean. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know. It's going to be so hard to even defend them. I mean, think of like, Receiving the ball, just the veterans you have coming back and Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jeremy Rucker. And that's not adding in all of these super high rated, you know, young guys that they have in there. So you have those three as primary pass catchers. And then you, you know, you have even like Juice Williams, who doesn't have the stars like some of these other guys have or wasn't as high as some of these other guys are. But um yeah i mean it's you got to account for him on the field because you know how fast he is he's kind right. he's caught in touchdown passes down the field so you know if he he gets behind you he's very capable of uh, taking it to the house taking it to the house so like you, you can't let him outrun you yeah and that takes that takes your safety out of there so gary wilson going back outside love it or hate it um so we've heard that he's going back outside because jsn's going to be probably the third starter and he's going to go inside. I think JSN's best fitted to play inside more than he is to play outside. And I think that I would slightly say that Garrett's also better suited to play inside than he is outside, but he can play outside. Right. I've seen him excel on the outside. There's not many cornerbacks in this, in the country that's going to be able to stand up again. I mean, yeah, he's a silly advantage over any safety or a linebacker, but he can out jump most any corner. Though. I don't know. There's only going to be a couple corners in the big 10, even let alone once you get past the big 10 that are going to even be on his playing yeah. field. So I'm fine with it. I mean, if that's what the coaches feel is the best thing, if they would come out and say that somebody else, and if Fleming, let's say Fleming was the third one and I'm not nothing against Julian. I'm just picking him to pick his name. I mean, you could pick any of these names and they came out and said, Julian, was our third guy and we just think he's better at slot i would i would be really against that i'd be like no nah, i like garrett wilson better at yeah. slot than i like julian and um so i'm okay with this because i think jackson will be fine in the middle and i think he's another one that's gonna just do crazy things that just be hard to guard for anybody in the middle of the field i mean just a mismatch on any linebacker or safety you're gonna put on him and, you know, I heard Egbuka, uh, he's been working out as a slot receiver. That's fine. And, you know, honestly, I have a feeling Garrett Wilson's going to be playing slot receiver, too. They 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 move guys. They're going to move them around. They all move over. guys around and stuff. I mean, that's always kind of been their MO. They, they don't necessarily. Devin Smith was our outside receiver, and some of the best catches he had were when he, they moved him in on a slot just to put him on a safety. And, I mean, he had some great right. touchdown catches against that. So like, they're not afraid to do stuff like that. I don't know if you'll see too much of it with Alave, but are you telling me, like, there's not going to be a time that, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. gets on the field when Chris Alave and Garrett Wilson are out there and Garrett Wilson's going to go down into the slot? It's, yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And, when you and got, they're going to be fine. Yeah, when you got a bunch of guys that can play, I think – I think a lot of the guys can play inside and outside. So, so that way, yeah, you're right. When Wilson or Harrison comes in or maybe Julian Fleming comes in or somebody comes in or, you know, juice and, you know, there'll be times they'll put juice in the middle just because like, let's see the safety try to right. <laughs> just run, run down the field, take that safety yeah. with you. So, uh, and you know, and that might be to get Olave or Wilson open in the middle of the field, just to get a safety out of there. That mm -hmm. might be just because we know it's a mismatch and, Juice is going to burn this dude and sure. he's going to get six out of it. And so, yeah, they're going to try all kinds of different things. Uh, Brian Hartline, I have so much faith in him after the, the few years that he's been the coach, they've ran so much better routes than they used to run. And that it doesn't matter where you put any of these guys. I mean, they get open. I mean, that's what we're going back to kind of fields. I mean, the reason why he doesn't, the Duke can look at all his reads. The reason why a lot of times he doesn't look at his reads is that, Alave and Wilson are always open for some reason. And, you know, and either one of them are, you know, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, Wilson's not necessarily the fastest dude in the world, but somehow he's always seems like he's always open against whoever you put him on. And I mean, he's, made some, he's made some moves on punt return and before. A, and Alave, you know, he's he's got great football speed. And yeah, moves. I mean, he's a tell. great football player. And Alave wasn't I mean, he ends up being one of our faster guys, but he was never he, when he came into the program. You never he was never really talked about that. He was. Uh, but again, a lot of that is that he just he finds his way open because he makes great moves. Yeah, and yeah, you know, absolutely. that's taught. And, uh, you know, so I have no problem with how Heartline set things up and they set things up because I think they know what they're doing. Right. And I guess that's another issue, like not to go back on this harp on it too much with the whole Justin Fields, um, like criticisms, that, you know, about the reads and everything. Why am I checking down, you know, for a five yard gain when if. If I'm confident I can hold the ball for a half second longer, I'm going to have a 40 yard touchdown. Maybe it's bad practice, but it worked more than it didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So on to uh, the actual spring game. Uh, so we got the rosters uh, team Buckeye team Brutus. So uh, team Brutus uh, is going to be uh, the two court, the one to get the two quarterbacks. So Stroud and Kyle McCord are uh, both on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alave. Fleming, Harrison Jr., and a Mecca are going to be the receivers. Nice. And Tegan Williams, Mayan Williams are going to be the running back. So nice roster yeah. that is. Uh, obviously, oh, good. You, you can't go good. wrong with either side. I don't I'm think. looking forward to, to seeing. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking real forward to that receiving core with how they do with those two uh, quarterbacks because, you know, Julian, we didn't get to see a lot last year, and the other two are freshmen, and so it's going to be really interesting to see who's all really truly progressing yeah. out of that bunch. Um, and then on Team Buckeye, so this one's going to be Jack Miller, which I will get to in a second. I'm really excited about that one because he's going to get a lot of opportunities to see where he's at, and because uh, in the, I'll say in the minute what I'm thinking, uh, Wilson, uh, Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, uh, Jackson Smith, and Juba. With Travion Henderson and uh, Crowley as the running back, so again a really solid team. Um, Just real quick before, just my thought on Miller. um, Really interesting to see between Henderson and Crowley because I really want to see where Crowley's at. Because if we said this a couple weeks ago, if Crowley is really ready to, if he's healthy and he's ready to be that next day, he could put a. I've kind of always been that Henderson's going to be the day one starter yeah. type guy. And Crowley could really put a wrench in that for me if uh, he really shows up. And oh, Crowley's, yeah, he's good. Because you know what type of player he was in high school. And I just, he looks like the real deal too. And it's him and Henderson. And so I think if. I heard Steel Chambers has been running excellent in the yeah, spring. You know, those all just, they're all there's all a lot of good talent in that running back room, just like everywhere else. Um, the thing, one thing I'm interested with Miller is because he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I think he's kind of the one that's in the fan base's eyes is just on the outside looking and not yeah. that in the coach's eye. Cause I think day and a lot of them's all said it, that they're all kind of even. Yeah. Um, but I think in the fan base's eye, a lot of people fell in love with Straub last year and coming, you know, he got to play a senior season of high school you know, Miller was hurt, you know, a lot of it. So we got to see a lot of those highlights from Stroud from a senior season. I just think a lot of love came his way from the fan base. Sure. And same thing with McCord. You just, you know, he was the big get when he committed to Ohio State. He kept through his commitment. And so I think there's just a lot of love that goes that way. So it'll be interesting to see how Miller handles himself because I'm wondering if he can maybe capture maybe in the fan base's eyes, capture some of that love back if he looks really good because I do think – out of the three of them, he is kind of the outside on the outside looking in when it comes to the fans. And I, I, w- I think if somehow if he did win the starting job, I would think that he could come a long way that uh, if let's just say this, if he wins the starting job in the fall, the way the way I think that the fan base looks at all three of them, I think there will be a lot more grumbling about him winning the starting job than any of the three. Um, from fans is this so, going to be more civilized than haskins borough or are we on the eve of the next great debate for ohio state football it'll be a it's it's columbus it's ohio it's football it's not much else is going on so yeah this is gonna be a big debate in the fan base's eyes this is gonna be these guys are gonna be microscoped to death yeah <laughs> after this game tomorrow i just i think people have to realize jack miller you know he he was hurt for a couple seasons 
and he didn't play on a great high school team anyways. I mean, watch the guy's highlights, watch CJ Stroud's highlights. They make a lot of the same throws. They have a lot of the same abilities. Like Jack Miller is not just some like pocket statue that, you know, can't move that he's just gotten the, you know, the benefit of playing poor competition in high school that he was the only like D one college or the D one athlete out there. Like he didn't have a good team around him and, but Jack Miller can definitely move. And I think, you know, he's healthy. He get the system. He could make a run for this thing. Yeah. I'm not counting any of them out. Yeah. Um, so before we get into the final segment, just a couple other things we wanted to throw out there. So, uh, Craig Young and uh, Ronnie Hickman are going to be their looks right now is both bullets. I like that they're listed as bullets. So, um, I, we've kind of said that it, there's been some indications that, you know, they are moving towards a four two five, and long overdue. I think that the bullet position, finally, we're going to get to see it because I think that will be, unless it's an un- legitimate passing downs that that's your fifth guy yeah. in, on, in the secondary is going to be one of these bullets. And, like I said this before, I think the majority of the teams they play in the year, especially the teams that they're going to end up having to play in the playoffs, it makes the most sense for even in the Big Ten. I mean, but when you get to play those teams like Wisconsin and they will pop up on your schedule every now and then, you know, then you just prepare for it. I mean, you right. can Luke Fickle in one week changed his entire defense to a four four pretty much to play the playoff that uh, pl- championship game in 2014. So. Yeah. You could change to a four three. I mean, these guys have most of these kids have ran four threes their whole lives. Oh, absolutely. So, you yeah. know, they everybody knows the four three concepts that have played football. I mean, you know, I mean, I was no spectacular athlete playing football, but I understand four three because we ran a four three. So right. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, I'll take Ohio State as long as you got like, you know, Mick Marotti and Larry Johnson with the defensive line. I'll take Ohio State's chances in a four-two-five against Wisconsin until they start, you know, they start running it down Ohio State's throat. Guess what? Ohio State's going to have time to adjust to that no. and still win that game. Ohio State has better athletes everywhere on the field. No. And I still think in a four-two-five they could beat Wisconsin. And they've kind of ran. I mean, when you think of even back, like, I mean, when you think of like when Darren Lee was there, that was kind of running a four-two-five. I mean, Darren Lee I, was an right. athlete. So, yeah. I mean, he wasn't. He was kind of one of those hybrid guys to begin with. So, I mean, they've ran stuff like this before where they've had a, a undersized linebacker is kind of more of a... Yeah, I mean, that's the way it's going now anyway. Yeah, so it's not like it's out of place for them. It's just it gets them another athlete onto the field, and we've kind of saw maybe a little bit of times over the last couple of years that it hurt them not having that. And, you know, maybe they should have tried it a little bit more i mean it was such a big deal was made about it when they were saying that they were going to a they were going to have a bullet mm-hmm. and it just never has worked out and i think we're going to finally see it because i think that's kind of you know combs probably you know carries learned some stuff from the nfl and a lot of the nfl teams do have their third linebacker is a hybrid style right like is he a safety is he a linebacker no he's just, and they don't gotta be small guys i mean what's his name that was on clemson um, yeah isaiah simmons yeah like he's not tiny. No, yeah, exactly. So, um, so that would be interesting. Uh, G Scott is uh, listed as a receiver slash tight end. Um, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I and I said that I'm looking really forward to the, seeing him as possibly moving into a hybrid role like that because, you know, I just love those type players yeah. and you know that just gives another weapon that lets him get on the field a little bit more. And God, you, you go if you're running a you know, maybe records taking a playoff and you have, you're running a, you know, three receiver set and G Scott is your tight end. I mean, that's a fourth wide receiver. Oh, out sure. There. Yeah. And, I mean, think about a tight end trying to cover him or not a tight end, uh, a safety covering that guy. Yeah. So, or a linebacker. Yeah. Just again. Uh, so, and then McCall is listed as a receiver slash cornerback. Uh, gave my opinions a couple weeks ago about that. I don't like him playing corner, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of places that Demario McCall on offense. The, I don't like him playing in special teams, and but I don't think they've ever given him the true opportunities to really play on offense. I and I thought he could. I thought he could have been an all right running back. And so I wish they would give him more shots on offense. I think he does have the abilities to play offenses. We've seen those highlights before where he can do it. It's just like I don't know where it's got to be some sort of disconnect in the in practice. To me, I've always said that, but 
I mean, I know they like physically, they must just like, they have to think physically that he can't be a running back. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I've just, I've never seen anything why the guy doesn't at least like deserve a chance to get a couple handoffs. Yeah. So that's kind of just the things. Those are the rosters and stuff. So, uh, we're going to just quickly, we'll finish up on, uh, we're going to talk about just kind of the things we want to see, what we're looking forward to. I, I've kind of said a couple things already between like Mal, Miller and Crowley. So just going, you know, and I, I have a couple more that I'm thinking of, but just, I mean, obviously quarterback competition. That's I, the big I, one for me. I'm looking to see, you know, those three guys, we can't make too much of it. Cause I think too much was made of Haskins and Burrow all those years back, but I'm looking to see how those three guys do. Um, you know, are they noticing people are open? Are they throwing people open? Are they hitting receivers that they need to be hitting? So I think that that's going to be important. I look forward to that. I think they're going to throw a lot because they're not doing any tackling or anything like that. No. So I think there's going to be a lot of throwing. Um, so just how quickly they can diagnose. And then the other ones just I'm for me personally, defensive backfield is what I'm looking yeah. for. Cause I just feel like, again, I think that is like the weakness of our team, the weakness of our, um defense especially and i'm just looking forward to seeing how especially with all that talent at receiver how these guys do staying on these guys yeah especially since this is going to be kind of a this is a glorified seven on seven this is the best receiver room it's, they're going to see all yeah. year so if i i want to see what they look like too i know i mean obviously they've been practicing against these guys mm-hmm. um i do want to see what the secondary looks like uh, quarterback room that's going to be the biggest one but you know it'll be interesting and you know i, I like I think my biggest like goal is to try not to micromanage them or micro think about them like even myself because like you said between the Haskin and Burrow thing and you know and the coaches never really even made a decision they would I mean Burrow the Burrow family just made a decision that you know they felt like it was neck and neck Urban said it was neck and neck and they just felt at the end of the day Haskins would win out because he started he came in against Michigan and you know he and you know and probably that's what would have happened if they ended up staying neck and neck and i think and i've always said this i think if burrow would have started with ryan day as the offensive coordinator if burrow would have started that year we would have saw much more the burrow that we saw last year oh right and that that drives me insane because people are like well burrow was you know a 50 percent passer he only had two thousand yards and if ryan day was his coordinator he would have done I have no doubt Joe Burrow would have done the same thing as Dwayne. And he would have went to the NFL. So, you know, like everybody always says that, you know, well, if we would have had, but we would never have gotten Chester Fields. And I think that's wrong because I think Burrow would have left and went to the NFL because he would have been right up there. The same. He would have done exactly. He already graduated. Right. He already graduated college. He would have been a Heisman finalist. I mean, we're, we're assuming, of course, it's a hypothetical, but I think it's a safe assumption. I mean, he would have he would have flourished in Ryan's offense just like what uh, and who knows he would have had probably a couple more running yards with yeah, Ryan and, and Urban calling the plays and he he might have won the Heisman that year yeah so and so yeah I've always said that I I don't think that that so I I don't want to get like too down on any of the three because like you know I mean this is all really they're all their first passing yeah. I mean they didn't pass at all the two that played last year didn't pass at all and. McCord's, I mean, they're basically three freshmen. And so you, when you think about it, and so I'm not going to try to get too down on all of them. You know, no. I think about what Brian Hartline said is that everybody else needs to rise up. And I think they will. Everybody's going to. So to me, it's just going to be interesting to see where they're at um, and how neck and neck, uh, maybe in the coach's eyes, are they after tomorrow? Yeah. And I just, again, yeah, keep your expectations in check. You know, that's because. Even if one of them has a bad game, that doesn't mean they're a bad player. You yeah. know that we know these are all three good quarterbacks. Um, I guess maybe receivers. I mean, I'm not. They're all so skilled. I don't know if I'm looking so much for them. I, I'm looking at the young guys. I mean, we know Olavi's on one team, uh, Wilson's on the other. We know what we're getting out of those guys. Those right, guys and are, you know they're starters. You know those guys are your starters. You know they're going to be out there. So I want to see. Is Jackson the third guy? Is one of these other guys? Is Do you feel comfortable with these guys taking snaps from putting Garrett Wilson on the bench for one of these yeah, guys like, to you, give him a yeah, rest? When, if Olave and Wilson get more uh, rest this year, and it's going to be guys like Harrison and Emeka coming in and Julian Fleming. So I want to see what those guys do. Are they open? Are they looking good? Because, I mean, 
if those guys start getting open and like really looking like they're the real deals too, I mean, God forbid the defense is to have right. to play this team right this year. And no, I mean, I no tackle. It's hard to get excited for running backs when you're not tackling guys. Yeah. But I think you can still, you can still tell when someone has, you know, good vision, exceptional moves. So I'm looking to see what, you know, Trevion Henderson, what he does, how he looks when he's getting the ball. In the running back room, I mean, I, I've i said that I feel Henderson is the day one starter. I agree. With, I'm still going with that. I I, I like Mayan. I want to see, but I don't know how much I'm going to get to tell in Mayan. I think the biggest thing I'm kind of looking for for the running back rooms is how healthy running does Teague and Crowley look? If they, yeah. you know, if they look like they're cutting good and, you know, they're running with good speed and they're having good vision and it doesn't seem like their leg injuries are bothering them anymore, then it'll be an interesting room at that point to well, me. And you got a, you got a full loaded room then yeah. too. So uh, I, I think that's the two outside of just wanting to see just Trevion touch the ball. I think that's the biggest thing yeah. I'm looking at the running back room is just, how how healthy are they, those two specifically looking? Because that that changes a lot of things. Then possibly, in my opinion, then if they're looking healthy and they're running healthy, that you know they're not running gingerly and they they're running some with some authority and some confidence, then that could be interesting. And I might then start rethinking some stuff. Who is the actual day one starter? Sure. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, anything else you want to throw out there? I mean, I mean, I'm interested to see on the defense, but you know linebackers there's no tackling so i can't really and it sounds like there's they have some injuries that they're dealing with and that's kind of why they chose to go that way so i didn't really look at who's all on the matchups i mean i guess i'm interested to see you know how any of the ends do against mumford or npf just because that's going to be some of their best competition they're going to have all year um of course you know everyone's still i mean it's still so early into the season too so those guys aren't even in you know, the form that they're going to be in in August. So this isn't even going to be the best versions of Thayer yeah. Munford and MPF. And I'm looking, and I am looking for it. They are even playing like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude, those, those guys don't need to play. So yeah. I am looking forward to seeing the offense line. Cause we talked about when we talked about O line a few weeks ago and when stud did his uh, press conference last week, we did talk about that. Uh, I do think that this is the deepest room that they've had in a really long time. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of that depth because, yep. you know, there's a real opportunity that they could have a true first team and second time team line. They could be 10 guys deep. And it sounds like Matt Jones is snapping the ball tomorrow. So we're going to see, you know, how, how do his snaps look? Does it really seem like it's, you know, plausible that he could be that guy moving forward at yeah. center and keep Harry Miller at guard. So yeah. there's going to be a lot going on. It's going to, I mean, I'm just hell. I'm just excited that we're getting a spring game. Again. Yeah, and I look forward to talking about it. Then on uh, Sunday, we'll have a we'll do a a show. We'll talk about it on Sunday, just our things. And I'm looking forward to uh, you know writing some stuff down and uh, releasing it in the new the newsletter, uh, the Battle Cry. Remember BuckeyeBarTalk dot uh, dot com. Uh, really looking forward to really breaking down the spring game, um, and that will be sent out Monday morning. So you know, anything else you got? That's all, man. All right, let's get on out of here. All right, well, thank you, everyone, for coming in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H-I-O. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes.